This is the RCF Podcast, and I am here today with Phil Curtis. Phil is a retired pastor and now is the executive director with the Ministry Training Network of Southeastern New England. That's correct. Yes, sir. Welcome, Phil. Glad to be here, Matt. Hey, Phil, uh, our, our topic today is making godly decisions. And we're thinking specifically in terms of things of the moral nature. How do we make decisions that we know are right, that are godly? Well, that's an excellent question, Matt, and very important in our day for sure. Another way you could think of this is what is God's will or what's pleasing to him? And a basic principle that I've always gone by is that the will of God is revealed in the word of God. So scripture shows us the choices that we ought to make. Mm -hmm. And sort of a way of illustrating this in my mind uh, is traffic lights. You uh, come to a traffic light. If it's red, you stop. If it's green, you go. And so those things that we ought not to do, that's the red light. And if it's something that we should and could and and God would be pleased with, then that's the green light. So what about, I think of there's so many areas that we, we may put in what are called the gray areas. Should I go to this party? Should I watch this movie or listen to this artist on Spotify? Should I drink or not? I mean, there, there's so many questions involved. With it. And, and certainly we could go to definite yes or no answers on extremes of any of those. Um, but there are some gray areas, right? And, and so that's what we're really talking about today. The things that maybe the Bible doesn't state explicitly, do this or don't do that. Yeah, using my illustration, you might think of that as the yellow light questions, Uh, you know, so you can go through this light uh, cautiously and you you have to make a decision as to whether or not to proceed. Well, I've always been helped by a series of questions uh, based on some verses in the Bible, and uh, perhaps I could uh, go through this list of questions uh, with you uh, today. And I'm going to fasten these uh, questions onto some specific Bible verses because this was an area, these uh, yellow light or gray areas, uh, that was something that Christians faced in biblical times also. Uh, For example, in 1 Corinthians and in Romans, there's discussion there about whether or not certain foods should be eaten. Some of the foods have been offered to idols or certain holy days observed. Uh, And those issues are still alive today, especially in certain cultures in our world, even if those specific issues don't affect us so much here in the United States. But the principles still apply across the board. So here, for example, is a question that a person can ask. Is this practice or going to this place or whatever the specific might be, Is it beneficial or will it bring me into some kind of bondage or slavery in my life? And that question is based on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, where Paul says, Everything is permissible for me, probably in quotes, Mm -hmm. but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So based on that scripture, I think that's a good question a person can ask. Would it be beneficial for me to go to this party, for example, or this uh, engaging in this activity? Would I become mastered by this activity so I'm actually in bondage to it? Or does it take away my freedom, in other words? 
Yeah, I think that's helpful to, to think through, think in terms of dating. A lot of times we get the, the question of how far can I go? And I think often the further we go, the more we get trapped into sin. And so sometimes it, it's best to say, this isn't beneficial for me spiritually. Yeah, it, it's, it's not going to help my relationship with God or even my relationship with this person. Yeah, that's good, Matt. I, I've often thought of sex as like an escalator. And if you step on that bottom step of the escalator, it's relentless. It's going to take you all the way to the top. So you, you probably want to be very cautious at the bottom of the escalator and, and not step on if it's going to lead you in a pathway that is going to be uh, obvious sin against the Lord. Yes. Here, here's another question. Is it dishonoring to my body the Holy Spirit's temple? Well, I guess that applies to that one as well. <laughs> it, it, it does. And this is based on 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Uh, Paul says, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God. You are not your own. We belong to God. For you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. That, that can help in a lot of decisions, uh, uh, th- substances that we take into our body or activities that we do with our body. Can I glorify God with my body by engaging in this activity? Mm-hmm. That's a question that a person can ask. Here's an important question. Will engaging in this practice cause a Christian brother or sister who follows my example to violate his conscience and fall into sin? Now, that's a little more complicated question. Because you're thinking of somebody else. You're thinking of somebody else. It's the principle of love. Mm. So even if there's some activity or practice that I, in my own conscience, feel is okay, I I feel freedom, I don't have any problem with it, but if I know that that practice or activity is going to influence a fellow Christian to also engage in that activity, and I know that they have a problem with that, they have scruples about whether or not that's right or wrong, then according to this principle, I should hold back in order not to lead them into sin and violate their own conscience. This is based on Romans 14.21. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. So I don't want to cause someone else to fall mm-hmm. into sin. And he actually says in that passage that uh, if another brother is grieved by what you eat or drink, you are no longer walking in love. So that is exactly that principle. That's true. Yep. So liberty is regulated by love. Mm-hmm. And, and the great commandment, thinking of loving God and loving other people. Yes. Here's another question. Can I do this activity to the glory of God? Some of these sort of flow into each other, but they're mm-hmm. based on different verses because in 1 Corinthians 10:31, the apostle Paul asked this question. I'm sorry, makes the statement, "So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God." So that, that's helped me sometimes in my own uh, personal life, sort of a gut check. Mm-hmm. You know, can I really do this and glorify God by doing it? Or is there some hesitation in my heart that this is going to actually honor and please God? So that, that can be a helpful question. What do you mean by glorify God? Because that might be, I think we use that terminology in Christianity, but maybe for a new Christian, how would you answer that? How do they glorify God? 
Well, a God is a living person, and uh, we can either please him or displease him, just like you can in any uh, relationship. Uh, we can honor God or dishonor him. I guess uh, that, that's the way I would explain what it means to glorify God. Now, here, I think, is the question that's been most helpful to me in my personal life. Would Jesus do it? Would Jesus do this activity, go to this place? And this is based on 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So Paul, in his own Christian life, was basing his decisions on whether or not Jesus would do it. You know, you know we're, we're talking about uh, things here that maybe the Bible doesn't address directly. Should I go to this dance? Should I go to this movie? You know, there, there were no movies in Bible times, you know. But a lot of times, I, I know in my own personal life, I've been helped by putting myself in the shoes of Jesus, so to speak. And, you know, would Jesus go to this movie? And usually I'll know in my heart the answer to that, that question because if I've uh, gotten to know anything about Jesus through reading the Bible and becoming acquainted with him personally, then uh, I'll very often know the answer to that question. Yeah, I, I think one question or a couple of questions that I've heard before that are really helpful along those lines is, does this help me love God more? And does this stir my affections for him? And so if you think of what Jesus did, that everything he did was according to the will of the Father. Everything he did was to continue growing in that way. And I can look at the choices that I make maybe of entertainment to use that example and say, would Jesus do that? And, and maybe in my own mind, I, I may start to think, um, I, I can justify that. Jesus hung out with sinners, right? And, but then when I start to think, the Jesus of the Bible, does it stir my affections for him? Does it stir my affections for God? Is it going to cause me to love him more if I watch this movie or if I listen to this, this song? That starts to put things, I think, in the proper perspective of what would Jesus actually do? Those are good thoughts, Matt. Very good thoughts. Well, I got one final question. All right. After considering all these questions, do I still have reservations? Do I still have doubts? And that question is based on Romans 14. And remember, Paul in this, this chapter is talking about whether or not to eat certain foods or not. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and everything that is not from faith is sin. So Paul is saying there that if you go forward in some activity or, or some habit, and yet you have doubts about whether or not it's right or wrong, then to go ahead and do it is actually sin. And I believe that's because he's saying it's wrong to violate your conscience. It, it's a dangerous thing for a Christian to violate his or her conscience. Because if I have a check in my conscience that I ought not to do something, but I go ahead and do it, then pretty soon I'm going to go ahead and do things that are red light issues, where the Bible's very clear that it's wrong because I'm suppressing my conscience. So if I have a doubt, I should wait until I've really examined the matter and thought it through, prayed about it, maybe talked to other Christians about it, looked at the Word of God. And if I become convinced that something is okay, great, then you'll have a, a clear conscience. But if not, 
then wait, wait. That's great advice. Sometimes we're so quick to make those decisions. And, and yeah. so that right there is great advice to, to step back and examine these things. So, so if you're not sure, then maybe don't do it. At, at, least, least, at least wait. Yeah. Wait until you are sure yeah. one way or the other. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would add, anything that for a college student that would be helpful as they make decisions? I can think of two things. So uh, we, we begin with the principle that the will of God is revealed in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so I come to the Word of God with a predisposition that I'm going to obey what God mm-hmm. says. That's good. So, for example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we read, For this is God's will. Here it is, Mm -hmm. your sanctification. That is, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. So Paul just states very plainly there that sexual immorality is not God's will. So I, I need to come to the Bible, God's word, with the attitude that what is clearly revealed in Scripture, I'm, I'm going to obey. I'm going to submit to his plan for my life. 95% of the issues are cared for, I, be, I believe, from the Bible clearly. But then you have those yellow light issues, those gray areas that are in between, and some of these uh, questions uh, that I've talked about uh, that you can use to help uh, guide in, in those matters. One illustration from my own uh, ministry as a, as a pastor. Uh, th- this actually goes back a few years when I was a youth pastor to uh, high schoolers. And uh, w- one day I got a call from a senior who uh, had been invited to a, a certain party and she wondered whether or not she should go. And uh, so she asked me, on the, you know, should I go? And I said, well, what do your parents think? I mean, she was still, she was a senior in high school, probably 17, 18, and she said, well, they've left it entirely up to me, but I wondered what you what you would think. So I said, well, I tell you what, go get your Bible and, and come back to the phone and we'll, we'll talk for a few minutes. And I had decided in my mind that I was not going to make this decision for her. Uh, there were, there were no, uh, no verses in the Bible about whether or not to go to this particular party. So she got her Bible, and we walked down through the very verses that I've mentioned on, on this podcast. And I asked her these questions that I've posed here today, one after the other. Is it beneficial? Would it dishonor my body? Would it cause another Christian to stumble and fall? Can I do this to God's glory? Would Jesus go to this party? Do I still have a doubt in my heart about it? We went through all these questions. And at the end, I said to her, do you think you should go to this party? And she said, no, I don't think I should. And I said, that sounds like a good decision. And basically, that was the end of the conversation. But she made the decision. I didn't try to legislate her conscience. And she made that decision based on these principles in the Word of God. So let me ask you one last question. I know we're about out of time, but think about the category of decisions that don't seem to fit at all. Should I wear a green shirt today or should I wear a blue shirt? Let's say a college student gets two job offers, uh, two different companies. Everything seems to be basically the same. Does God care? Uh, That's an excellent question, Matt. So sort of morally neutral decisions that... Mm -hmm. that, uh, 
a student or anyone needs to, to make. So I, I think there's a whole nother set of principles that are involved in that kind of decision making. I'd, I'd be happy to talk with you about that another time if you'd like. Let's do another podcast on that very soon. Uh, I think that would be helpful, and we could probably take up another 15 minutes talking about those things alone. We'll do that in a few weeks. We'll, we'll tackle that topic of those morally neutral decision-making questions, right? Okay. <laughs> I'd look forward to it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Phil, for joining us today. It's been very insightful, very helpful. I know that I've heard you talk about those questions before in the past, and I've used them myself in my own life. So I hope for you guys as college students uh, that you found this helpful and that, that you will be able to use that as well. Thank you for listening. If you have questions to submit for future episodes, you can send them to podcasts at roadiefellowship.com. And if you'd like more information on Rody Christian Fellowship, you can visit our website, roadiefellowship.com, or visit us on Instagram at roadiefellowship.